everyone, and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then talk about it afterwards. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And today we're talking about the 1991 animated classic, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. It is the first week of February, which means it's podcaster's choice, and it was my choice. As we established in the first episode, Beauty and the Beast was my favorite childhood movie, so I'm very excited about today's episode and there's a lot to get through. Marie, why don't you read us that synopsis of Disney Plus? Okay, we're jumping right into it. Uh, so, synopsis on Disney Plus is embark on an epic adventure with Belle, Beast, and all the characters you love with the music you'll never forget. That's right. If you don't know exactly what this movie is about from that, you don't need to know. Just yeah, not a synopsis, but whatever. We've already established that whoever writes synopsis, synopsis, synopsis. Yeah, uh, on Disney Plus is maybe sometimes a little lazy. All right, so let me bring it in. Beauty and the Beast, the thirtieth animated film from Walt Disney Animation, the third film of the Renaissance. Yes, that's right, number thirty. I thought it was 35. Uh, that's not what Wikipedia told me. <laughs> it was premiered in 1991, November 22nd, 1991 to be exact, with a budget of $25 million in 1991 money, which is $47,168,502.20 in today's money but had a box office of 425 million which was is now 801,864,537 dollars and 44 cents pew 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 made a ton of money beauty and the beast they started the idea of it way back in the beginning after snow white they were looking at beauty and the beast and throughout the 40s and then into the 50s, they looked at making it, but it just never came together. This is history. I don't know why you're glaring at me. I'm um, not. Production started after Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And they said, at our good friend, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who we talked about in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, was correct it did revitalize the animation and they needed things to animate so beauty and the beast came along they started production in 1987 and michael eisner the ceo of the company at that time decided you know what we need instead of making this movie by storyboards which is how the other 29 animated films have been made to that point we need a, a screenwriter to come in. So this became the first movie that had a screenwriter, the first animated movie to have a screenwriter from the Walt Disney Company. Marie's glaring at me as I'm stealing her trivia, even though this is all history. Okay, it's a fine line. So in 1987, they started making it, and then Jeffrey Katzenberg saw the storyboards in 1989 and said, this isn't a musical. We want it to be a musical. So they threw all of their work out. Just kidding, not all of it, but they did have to redo a ton of stuff. So 
originally... Well, that's also because they changed directors. No, the director quit afterward. Yes, because the movie took a different direction than what he wanted when they brought on Glenn Clean and... Because they wanted it to be a musical, and it had started out not being a musical. So, this movie was supposed to have four years to get everything done. But, because of everything that they had to redo and scrap and get the script finalized, everything done, it was done in two years. Uh, okay. Because... I, I get where you were going with that now. It still took four years, but because the they had to redo it... but in 1989... The actual version years, we see today. Yes, two years after they started and they had all the storyboards, they said, no, 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 this isn't working. So they only had two years to complete everything. Which means they... Um, this movie was shown at the New York Film Festival in September 29th, 1991. So that's September 29th. The official premiere was November 22nd. In September 29th, only 70% of it was animated. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, this is some... They're pulling some Fantasia moves here where they're... 30% of it... So 30% of it was shown with storyboards and sketches at the New York Film Festival. And that, honestly, must have been so strange and, like, awesome to watch. Oh, I was saying that's rough because I always find it rough to follow when now more and more some of the... Deleted scenes? Yeah, like, now they put... As bonus features on animated movies, they're putting deleted scenes, quote-unquote which is storyboard with the recording. And I don't know, that's always weird to me. So 30% of the movie just being storyboards, I would have been like, what's going on? It was presented as a work in progress. Yeah, so people were... Exactly, so they knew that it was going to happen. But you know what else? Beauty and the Beast, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but I'm bringing it in. Probably. Was the second film... To use the CAPS system. Oh, actually, I wasn't going to bring that up. Okay, so CAPS is a computer animated production system, which is used for digital scanning of ink, paint, and uh, computing. The ballroom scene uses this, and you can tell with that computer, The pan out. Yes, yeah. the pan out. It's so different from the rest of the movie. Yes. Also, fun fact. Do you have the fun fact about the ballroom dance scene? That it's uh, reused animation. Reused animation from? Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, yes, because they were running out of time. Yeah. Like, to me, though, like, a lot of people have criticized Disney being like, look at all these lazy people reusing animation. And it's like, first of all, it's, it's not lazy. It's smart because it takes so much time. Right to animate something that being resourceful is a good thing especially with the company's tendency to go over Over budget budget. uh there were no reports of going over budget on this movie well because they had had a script they did have a script people like that's one of the reason a lot of people feel they decided to use a script is because 
previously when they were going by storyboards, animators would end up working on a lot of footage and scenes that didn't end up being used, which wastes time and money. Do you know what was the first uh, movie to use the cap system? Is it Roger Rabbit? No, it was The Rescuers. Oh, right. I saw that, actually. Yes. Yeah, I remember now. I saw it, and then I was like, you know what? I'll keep that fact for The Rescuers. <laughs> um, so, because they had to do everything in two years, the California team got some help from our friends at uh, MGM slash Hollywood Studios when it was still a working animation Aww. company. Guess what scene they were instrumental in? I don't Be know. Our Guest oh, was okay. done almost completely by people working at MGM. at MGM Hollywood Studios, which is so crazy to me that they were just... There was a theme park going on, and they're back there making Be Our Guest. I mean... This used to be such a cool thing that you could... Well, you couldn't see that section. Right. But just being able to see behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah, With I agree. the backlot chore, but that's a different story. So, now that we're on the history, this movie... Haven't we been on the history now this that whole we're time? On the history, but toward the end of the history. Okay. We're going to talk about how well this movie was received. As we said, $425 million box office on a $25 million budget. That's huge. And this movie started breaking records, important records. This was the first animated picture to ever be nominated for Best Picture. The Best Animated Picture was not brought in to Until existence like 2009? in 2001. Oh, 2001. Shrek was the first movie to win it. Fun miscellaneous fact. I um, love it. But yes, Beauty and the Beast, and it used to be that only five pictures were nominated, nominated for Best Picture. Now it's between five and ten. And two other films, animated films, have been name, nominated for Best Picture since. But Beauty and the Beast began begins is the only one to have been nominated when there was only five pictures for best picture do you want to guess what the other two best picture nominees were no i don't you know i don't like guessing games just tell me up Hmm. in 2009 that's fair and toy story 3 okay I, I agree less with that, but okay. Another thing, Beauty and the Beast, um, it was the first musical to be nominated for Best Picture in 12 years. And then it kept, it was another uh, 10 years before an a uh, musical picture was nominated again for Best Picture, which was Moulin Rouge. So, yeah, I was like, no, it wasn't Mamma Mia. That was 2008. <laughs> it deserves all the awards. No, it was not Mamma Mia. <laughs> it ended up having six nominations for the Academy Awards, which is a record it is currently tied with. Another movie, 
another Disney movie has six Oscar nominations. Are you trying to make me guess again? I'm trying to make you guess. I'm not going to guess. Your favorite, my favorite, Wally. I mean, it's not my favorite, but yeah, that's a good one. You love Wally. I do love Wally. It's not my favorite. It's it's in our favorites. It's in a favorite group. Yes. I don't know how small I would have to make that group before it goes away, but... You are considering getting a Wally character tattooed onto your body. I don't know... Because you want a matching tattoo. Okay, this is a conversation for another time where Marie and I, I guess, talk about what's important to her and what's not. But three of the nominations were for original best song. So they did win original best song for Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, of course. Uh, it also won best score. It's a beautiful score. I, at a time, was very familiar with that score because I remember it was a few years ago, like 2013, 2014-ish, when I used to work for a travel wholesaler and Disney Cruise Line had just released its new itineraries. So it would take three hours to get a hold of them. And at that time, the hold music they had was movie score. And I listened, I don't know how many times, to the entire score of the Beauty and the Beast movie. It's a lovely score. It's a beautiful score. That's why it won the best score. Beauty and the Beast also won um, the Golden Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. Um, And it was the first animated movie to win the Best Motion Picture Golden Globe. This has been repeated two times since The Lion King. And my notes say Toy Story 2. That would be weird, but maybe not Toy Story 3. Uh, Somebody fact check me on that. There were five Grammy wins for Best Children's Album, Best Pop Performance, Best uh, Composition for a Motion Picture, Best Pop Instrumental Performance, and Best Song for a Movie or TV Production. Two sequels followed, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and Belle's Magical Worlds. Neither one was very well received. There was also it is on Disney Plus. We are gonna I've watch never, it someday. I've never seen it. I have. Yeah. Um, there was also a live action TV show, which I also used to watch as a child, called "Sing Me a Story with Belle." I'm sorry, guys. I just pulled up the Bell's Magical World (laughs) on Disney Plus, and wow, that is a rough face. It's very rough. Yeah, and also, why do they keep making sequels that take place while he is still a beast when, logistically, this movie takes place over, like, less than a week? We can get into that later. Okay. (laughs) There were five video games made for Beauty and the Beast. Um, Bell's Quest for the Sega Genesis, Roar of the Beast also for the Sega Genesis, Beauty and the Beast for the NES, uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast for the SNES, and Disney's Beauty and the Beast 
a board game adventure for the Game Boy Color. Okay. Wait, are we into staying power already? Yes, we are. Okay. I don't know. When did we change I just, the order of things? Well, we're doing staying power now. I'm going to get all my talking out of the way. And you did that last time, too. Yeah. Well, new year, new me. Um, also, Beauty and the Beast is featured in my favorite, Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2. In Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2, there is a playable world where the Beast joins your party. In Kingdom Hearts 1, Belle is one of the seven princesses of heart. In the, it is also in Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. And Kingdom Hearts X, which was the role-playing game that you could play on mobile devices. Yes. So let's talk about the parks. Beauty and the Beast in Walt Disney World. No, we'll save Walt Disney World for last. All right. Let's start about Disneyland. There's really not that much. Uh, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage was there from 1992 to 1995. Uh, there is Maurice's Treats, which is a little treat shop. You can see, of course, Be Our Guest is a big number in PhilharMagic, which is now out in Disneyland. And they redid the um, village house to the Red Rose Tavern. It's supposed to be a temporary layover. It opened February 24th, my birthday, 2017, uh, in preparation for the live action Beauty and the Beast coming out. But it's still there. So, yeah, it's been three years. Well, you know how uh, temporary. Um, in Disneyland Paris, Beauty and the Beast is only found in the storybook boats. Hmm. Also, I think in Disneyland, they have the storybook boats and it's there as well. Nothing in Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, Shanghai Disneyland, there's a Voyage of the Crystal Grotto, which is kind of like the storybook boats. Beauty and the Beast is there. Tokyo Disneyland. Let's talk Tokyo. They built, our building, it's finished. There's the Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast, which is gonna be opening April 15th of this year, 2020, where they built the Beast Castle. It is taller than Sleeping Beauty Castle in California to give a size reference for people. It's got those crazy next generation animatronics that we've all seen pictures of that are amazing and crazy. I'm very excited to someday see that in person. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to Walt Disney World, where we've got the most Beauty and the Beast. At Magic Kingdom, New Fantasyland opened in 2012 with a whole section that hated Beauty and the Beast. There's Enchanted Tales with Belle, the attraction. Which is very cute and also cute. features one of the most mind-boggling like if you effects. haven't been in it because you think it's just some little kids helping tell a story you should go to it at least once because don't use a fast pass um because if you use a fast pass you don't get to go through bell's cottage and the queue there is beautiful yeah that's one of the best part like yeah it is ultimately little kids helping to retell the story which is adorable super cute but the detail they put in the into house the cottage and just like being able to see it all and and then the magic it's mirror beautiful. it's great there's of course 
Gaston's Tavern, Be Our Guest Restaurant, where in the evenings you can meet the beast. You can meet Gaston out and about during the day. There's the Fountain of Gaston. It's all great. Then, over in Epcot, you can meet Belle and also opened January 17th of this year, the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which has taken the place of Impressions de France. Yeah, I'm not going to miss that. Hollywood Studios, since November 22nd, 1991, has been running Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Although, in 2001, they were like, "Mm, we've been running this 10 years. And it's time to switch it up. Because originally, it started with Be Our Guest and ended with Beauty and the Beast. And Gaston and Belle, um, the songs... uh, and it was just kind of a hodgepodge where they just kind of threw it together. Start it was big. basically Voyage of the Little Mermaid. No, because Voyage of the no, Little Mermaid goes chronologically. That's it did true. not grow chronologically. So in 2001, they redid it to make it more streamlined, to make it more efficient. And that's been running ever since. Also, at the Grand Floridian, you can now find the Enchanted Rose Lounge, themed to Beauty and the Beast, which opened October 8th of last year. There is now also a cute little on the floor. Um, At the Grand Floridian, you know how they have characters on the floor and they look all fancy? There is one of Mrs. Potts and Chip. That's cute. So that is all the staying power across the parks. Let's get into some trivia. Tell me some things I might not know. All right. So, in terms of um, the movie, so this was based off of a book, like a lot of fairy tale like movies. Maybe. Um, but like also a lot of fairy tale based movies, it really doesn't follow the book that much. No. Um, in the original book, which is called The Story of Beauty and the Beast, um, firstly, the prince is not turned into a beast for being selfish. Uh, he's turned into a beast because he refuses to marry his evil fairy godmother. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> Which is like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not really... Rude. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then Beauty's challenge in understanding him is not because he's like, we're getting along with him, whatever. Isn't because he's full of anger and stuff. It's because he's stupid in beast form. <laughs> or not yeah, it's just like dumb. he can't he can't express himself intelligently. Okay, well yeah, that he's would, a beast. That would dampen a romance. Yeah. Also in the book, um, she is not an only child. She's the youngest of three daughters, and her sisters are wicked and selfish and they secretly taunt and taunt her and treat her like a servant. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Cinderella. So, yep. Some people think that one of the reason they left her out of the adaptation is because it would have been too similar to Cinderella. Fair enough. Uh, now, one note in regards of you know you mentioned how many nominations uh, yes. this got for songs. Uh, this was actually the songs were the last complete work for uh, Howard Ashman. Mm-hmm. who he was himself uh, an Academy Award winner also, but for this movie also. 
Uh, he died eight months before the release of the movie. No. And you might notice that the movie is dedicated to him. Uh, at the end of the final credits, there's a dedication. It reads, To our friend Howard, who gave a mermaid her voice and a beast his soul, we will be forever grateful. Oh, wow. And his uh, longtime partner accepted the award on his behalf when they won it. I am going to cry. <laughs> She is looking very teary, so we're going to move on. Um, so, we did touch on the fact that this was not originally a musical until they were like, we want this to be a musical. Jeffrey that was, Katzenberg! That was a good choice uh, with all the awards, but also, songs take up 25 minutes of the movie. And it's like, it's not that long a movie. It's 91 like, minutes, I do believe. Yeah, that's... 95? That tracks for one hour, 25 minutes. So, 85 minutes. So, out of 85 minutes, 25 are songs. And there's well, only... they're great songs! <laughs> there's only five minutes uh, in the movie which are without musical score at all. Which I'm actually... I can't think of what... I guess it would be broken up in yeah, little parts. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, like a full five minutes of a, silence. Yeah, no. No music in the background. Like, it's in those moments you realize how important just score is to a movie because when you don't have it, it's really weird. Uh, this was also the first Disney animated movie to have a pop version of the main song play over the end credits. You know what? The very famous... You'll see throughout the Renaissance, it happens at the end of every movie. I like to call them soulful renditions. And uh, for wishes as well at the Magic Kingdom Park, after the fireworks used to finish at Magic Kingdom, they would have a soulful, soulful wish wishes. You know what I've heard? I've heard versions of many Disney songs renditioned soulfully, again, while holding for Disney Cruise Line. Mm -hmm. You know the worst one? Soulful, it's a small world. Why? <laughs> oh, yes. Now post this... a link to that on our Facebook page. I'll try to see if I can find it. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty much now, it's a given. You know, when you go see a Disney movie, animated movie, There's one a or two, like now it's actually a lot of times it's two songs. Or three, in on... the case of Frozen 2. Yeah, uh, that are re-recorded. Mm -hmm. as pop versions and uh yeah this was the first one who sang this pop version i don't know the guy but it was celine dion <laughs> celine dion and some guy <laughs> i'm sure it was a Someone very important us. guy wait was it pavarotti murray's like i have to know i'm not now. saying his name wrong right but Let's see. Beauty and the Beast. I'm just going to type Celine Dion. It's going to bring it up. No, it's not at all. His name is Peebo Bryson. Peebo Bryson. No Celine Dion. Right. She did a she did a duet with Pavarotti and another song. That's why I was confusing it. Anyway, <laughs> point is, first one. Uh, now, the movie itself employed 370 men and women who were involved in the production and out of those, 43 were animators. Uh, it used 1,295 painted backgrounds and 120,000 drawings. Woo! And I don't know if that's just in the... That's probably actually just in the 
what they ended up keeping. Right. For the final product. Right, because they did do a bunch of drawings before that. Yep. <laughs> um, some facts, the smoke that is seen during the transformation scene at the end is real smoke. Yeah! And this is an effect that they had originally used in the Black Cauldron. Mm. So it's not animated. Um, the majority of the sculptures that are seen in the castle are different earlier versions of the beast. When they were first starting to nice. design him, uh, they used they kept those for. Do you the have sculptures. the makeup of the beast in your fun facts? I do. Thank you. Please bring it up. <laughs> All right. So the beast, which was designed by Glenn Keane, mm-hmm. who was a supervising advisor of uh, animator on the beast. Um, yeah, he created his own hybrid of a beast by combining the following parts of animals. Let's hear it. We have the mane of a lion. Got the it. beard and head structure of a buffalo, the tusks and nose bridge of a wild boar, mm. the muscled brow of a gorilla, the legs and tail of a wolf, uh, the bulky body of a bear. That's it. That's why he's so top heavy. Yeah. He got that bear upper body he and those like... tiny wolf legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he does also have blue eyes, which is the only physical feature that does not change whether he is a beast or a human. Yes. And when Glenn was um, first starting to, well, when he was looking over how he wanted to design the beast, he went over to the Los Angeles Zoo um, to study animals and to kind of think They of his... didn't bring him a bunch of wild animals? No, no, they didn't. Why? Uh, because now you gotta go out into the world Ugh. instead of bringing stuff, love. Ugh. It's just... Stop being lazy. Explore. Anyway, so he went to study animals both for looks and personality. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, when he was studying a 600-pound anti-social gorilla <laughs> named Caesar. He tried to draw him, but then Caesar charged at him and <laughs> slammed against the bar. Okay. And he decided <laughs> he decided this was how Belle would feel when she first caught sight of the beast. <laughs> so he kept that fear like, within himself. You know what? I felt something here and I'm gonna use it. Yeah. Um, also, he was very excited about the transformation sequence, and he said it would be the highlight of his career in animation. Wow! Um, he also asked for that it would be the last thing animated of the Beast, so that he could save the dessert for last. <laughs> um, however, that... Oh. No, it's not actually sad. Uh, the schedule initially basically would only give him two weeks to complete the animation on that. So he went to the producer, Don Han, and he asked it to be changed because he didn't think he would be able to get all the emotion across that he could with such a tight schedule. And Han told him, forget about the schedule and take as long as you need. And that's how we have that beautiful transformation The most... It's just... It's transfixing. Yeah, and the score that goes with it. Again, the score. Beautiful moment. Actually, do you know, originally, the part of the score that they used during his transformation was written for the part where he's basically dying. And Belle is like, and they were like, 
this is too, too yeah that sounds a little too happy for this it's moment too, like so they rewrote, yeah so they rewrote it as it is now and they kept that part for the transformation good instead. call good call yep um now in 2001 mm. when they commemorated the 10th anniversary of this movie back when they would only released re-release yes, movies the, the out of the vault every few years uh, they added an extra seven minutes to the movie, which is... Human Again? Human Again. Yes! yes. I'm so sad Human Again is not... Human Again is not on the Disney Plus version. So That's you do true. actually have to own a DVD copy that has it as a special feature. Or I will look online and see if I can find it on YouTube. And if so, I will post it on the Facebook page. Because it is... It's a, a really good song. It's a beautiful song. And actually, song. what I love most about this, because they could have just been like, we have this song that was recorded, we have the storyboard, we just have to reanimate it, like whatever. And this was 2001, which was not, it was a bit of a rough patch for the Disney company at that yes. time. Um, but they did get all the original animators to come in and complete the scene. So you're not really missing on it the quality. It doesn't seem like it was a sequel or yeah, an afterthought. Like, when for you us watch who it, grew up with it, uh, when you rewatch it with that version, you're like, okay, I don't remember that. This was definitely added. But if someone hadn't seen it before 2001 and saw the movie for the first time with that version, they would think... It was just like that all exactly. along. Exactly. When we've watched it with the scene in, it flows so perfectly. It looks so perfectly. It's seamless. It really is. And I'm really happy that they decided to do that. Yeah, I'm really sad they left it out of the Disney Plus version. I don't understand why, because it is... To sell them DVDs! Probably. <laughs> Uh, because it has been on every subsequent Disney DVD release. Actually, it says Disney DVD and VHS, but... VHS, what a time! Yeah. Uh, some of the character trivia in terms of... Um, now, in the French release, Cogsworth's oh. name is Big Ben. You watched it as a child yes. and knew oh. Cogsworth as Big Ben. Yes. Was it weird for you when you watched the English version and they called him Cogsworth? It was a very weird name because that, uh, to me that was not a word, especially. But that's not... Big Ben was a word? <laughs> I mean, that was just what I knew it as. Because <laughs> it, it's not the... Like, I'm not saying they called him Big Ben like French... Pronounce no, it's literally Big Ben is his name so in the, the French version. It right, is right. not dubbed to like it's not translated. Right, Big right. Ben tra- so, yeah. so he's just like, ah, Big Ben. Yeah, but Lumiere stays Lumiere. <laughs> I was gonna ask, is Lumiere still Lumiere, even though Lumiere yeah. means light in French? It is, it is, <laughs> and Belle is still Belle, even though Belle means pretty. It, yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh. Also, uh, if you notice, Chip is the only member of the Beef staff that will refer to Belle by name. They all call her Mademoiselle. Mm-hmm. That's because they know fancy things, and Chip's just a child. Well, also proper, like, their servants. Exactly. That's why I said they were staff. fancy. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, now, this song, Be Our Guest, it was actually originally supposed to be sung to Maurice instead of Belle. Love it. Um, but someone pointed out that it was in the wrong place because Maurice is not the focus of the story and they shouldn't waste such a great song over a secondary character. They were right. <laughs> yep, so they decided to change it so that it was sung to Belle instead. Uh, also, the... You know, when Beast is trying to think of what he could do for Belle. Like, do something nice for her. And Cogworth's go, Cogsworth go, flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep. That last part was ad-libbed. Yes, and it is fantastic. Yeah, it's, that's just, that's one of the best, like, that's lines that he delivers one of the best lines Cogsworth has. Movie. I agree. Um... The almost the entire cast were stars of Broadway musicals. Yes, which is how Disney intended it because they were hoping that a theatrical backer would finance a future stage version of the movie. And guess what? They did. Yes, they got their they got their musical on Broadway. Also, they could have stuck with it mindset for the live action, but that's a discussion well, you know for what? a future that's time. That's when we cover the live action. Don't taint my beautiful original version. Alright, I won't. Um, now, in terms of casting, Disney originally wanted to have Jodie Benson, who most notably voices Ariel in Ariel, The Little Mermaid. In The Little Mermaid, that's correct. They wanted her to provide the voice for Belle. Uh, but it was decided that Belle needed a more European-sounding voice, and Howard Ashman had worked with Paige O'Hara in the past, so he suggested that she trialed for the part. Um, Which is funny, because Paige O'Hara actually was among one of few first artists to express interest in the pop version of the song, (laughs) and they dismissed her because she sounded too Broadway. Now, I am so I glad th- about what? Um, not just more European. The thought was Jody Benson sounds too girlish and we want Belle to sound more grown up, mm-hmm. more mature than Ariel who, you know, it's supposed to be 16 year old. I mean, Belle isn't meant to be very old. I don't think I it's think probably she's like 18 to be around or 19. 18, 19. So they wanted to show she's a bit more mature. And, you know. Well, she is a bit more mature and more than her age. But, yes. Yeah. So that was another reason why they dismissed Jodie Benson. And ultimately, like, it would have been so weird because, it like, now been. the. Like. The, Each, voices, the voices of the princesses are so distinct. deeply ingrained. And, yes. Yeah, distinct, where it's like... Which is why it's almost a little weird that Jasmine and Mulan share a singing voice, but it's just a singing part, so it's not... Right, exactly. But, yeah, like, you associate those voices, and this is why when uh, Adriana Casalotti from Snow White... Right. Had such a distinct voice that Walt did not, like, her contract stipulated that she could not exactly. work anything else because he we... wanted people to recognize her voice as Snow White. Exactly. And I, like, obviously, I don't think he had the right idea in not letting her do any other work. Although, I, I 
Right. We, she seemed to be out of it anyway. But listen, we've talked point about is, this. Point is, it was. I feel it was the right mindset in terms of at least like other Disney characters. The only person I'm okay with voicing multiple characters in Disney movies is Alan Tudyk. And on the Pixar side, John, what's his face? Yeah. Rathenberg. Rathenberg, maybe? Rathenberg? Someone at us, please. We have so much knowledge. Uh, At Stream the Magic on Twitter. (laughs) Comment on our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. and then... Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Now, when they initially um, started talking about um, the recording of Beauty and the Beast... Uh, Dame Angela Lansbury thought that another character than Mrs. Potts would be better suited for that song. You were wrong, Dame Angela Lansbury. Yeah, the directors asked her to make at least one recording so that they could have a backup if nothing else worked out. And that's the recording that ended up in the movie. Did they even try anything else or they were just like, ha ha, we got you now? <laughs> Possibly, who knows? But yeah, this like oh, but, we looked all is... over Angela. We just we couldn't. We couldn't mm. find anything. We'll just use it. We'll use we'll, it. We'll just use that. Yeah, and it's like, but it's also great because it's like this is a one recording. Like she did yes. this in one take. And she was, was like, like fine. Um, I'll record one and I'm done. Um. So, yeah. Also, fun fact. Uh, Rupert Everett auditioned for the role of Gaston, but he was told by the directors he didn't sound arrogant enough. <laughs> he took that to heart and kept the note in mind when he went on to play Prince Charming in Shrek 2. <laughs> and I think he got it. Yes. Uh, also, this one I kind of find funny because it's like... Um... There was scheduling conflicts for Sir Patrick Stewart with Star Trek The Next Generation, which forced him to turn down the role of Cogsworth. However, he was able to work in two other Disney animated movies instead. Chicken Little. Oh. And Baby and the Great Prince of the Forest. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I haven't even heard of the second one. That's the Bambi sequel. Oh, Which Bambi a, and the yeah. Gra- I heard Baby in the Great Prince of the Forest, and I was like, no, the what Bambi. in the what? Okay. So, oh, it's Patrick kind of like, Stewart. I mean, okay, I don't want to throw out too much criticism at Chicken Little, because I have never seen it. We're going to watch it someday. And I don't know that, but it's, but yeah, it's, even if it's a good movie, it's like, I didn't get to be in Beauty and the Beast, but at least I was in Chicken Little. Yeah. The great Sir Patrick Stewart deserved better than Chicken Little. Yeah. Um, Also, another one that I find funny on a personal note, the addition song for the character of LeFouk was Take Me Out to the Ball Game. (laughs) Great. Lovely. Here. Here's the energy we want you to capture. Pretty much. And, like, okay, so this song, I mean, it's not really a song that I grew up with, because it's an English, like, grew up with, that I was even familiar with so much, but I now have great ties to that song. Yes. From personal experience. 
personal Disney experience. We're not just yes. telling you guys random life stories this yes, time. Yes, because our, our favorite value resort to stay at when we go to Walt Disney World is the All-Star Sports. All-Star Sports! And on the buses that take you to and from the parks, when you're returning to the resort, the songs they play are sports-themed. Including? Including Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I specifically remember the first time we went with our friends, which was the first time we stayed at the sports, I believe. Yes. They started playing that song. And I kid you not, they played it nine times in a row. (laughs) And every time it played again, we just got, like, amped up. (laughs) Yeah, like, we started catching on around the fifth time. I started catching around around three. I was like, "Mm, let's see if this keeps going. Maybe it's just a short loop. Now I've never heard it more than five or six times. Right. But, like... We just, any time it started over after that, we would just dissolve into laughter. It was such a great time. And now whenever I take the bus to the All-Star Sports and it starts playing, I always make it a note to count. Because I'm like, will it ever happen again? It has not yet, but I will keep doing it. So that was my brief Disney Parks aside in regards to take me out to the ball game. Which was LeFou's edition song. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. It's not random. Bring it home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just got a couple more facts. Okay. So, the this was the last musical movie until Princess and the Frog, which came out in 2009. 2009. Where... All the voice actors and actresses did both the speaking and singing part of their character. Oh, dang. Yeah, because, like, I I didn't look it up because I'm going to touch over it more when we do the specific trivia. Exactly. But Mulan, not the same actress that does the singing and the speaking. But, love, we can just assume that this means every movie. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so... (laughs) Or actually, no, Mulan, I think it is her, but other characters like it, so... We'll find out when we watch Mulan. Yeah. Um, No, it is her. I I messed up on that. But that's the one example I started going, and it was wrong. But anyway. um, And then, kind of doing a segue from facts to starting hot takes a little. Okay, let's... Let's, uh... Let's start some hot takes. All right, here we go. So, in terms of the prince's age. Okay. Yes, this is going to be... Let me... Read your thing and then we'll... Well, it's it's actually... I put it there more as a note to self. Note to self. Okay, so... Okay, can I... I, I'm building up on this. Okay, go ahead. Now... The idea, there's a bit of a debate about this, actually, because it can be interpreted in more than one ways. Every little tidbit that are thrown out there that kind of make you think he was potentially cursed as a child can be interpreted in more than one way. Now, the thing that makes most people believe he was cursed as a child is from the Beer Guest song, where Lumiere sings, 10 years we've been rusting. Yes. And it is established at the beginning of the curse 
that he will remain a beast until his 21st year. Yes. So, two things about that. There's the... So, a lot of people take that to mean he was 11 when he was cursed because they're getting to the end of the 10 years. Yes. However, you clearly see him depicted through the opening sequence as an adult when he is getting cursed. Well, yeah, it could be a teenager. However, here are some of the ways that it can be interpreted. When Lumiere says 10 years we've been rusting, we take it to mean 10 years we've been turned into these magical objects. It could also mean that the prince was pretty much of an antisocial jerk and didn't really enjoy entertaining and they didn't really have anything to do even before the curse came along. Okay. Also, it says until his 21st year, not his 21st birthday. Which could mean time stood still and he was cursed for 21 years. Oh, that would be way more tragic. I don't like that. Yeah. That also kind of doesn't go along with the 10 years. Although when they, um, they kind of figured out their goof though. Because in both the Broadway version of the song and in the remake, he doesn't say 10 years. He just says many, or like four years or uh, many years or lots of years. Like, there's not a specific number. It's just years. All right. So here's my thing. For those of you not familiar, there is a Disney book series called Twisted Tales. And I read one because our brother-in-law got us, my brother-in-law, not Marie's brother-in-law. The, my legit brother. Marie's actual brother got us uh, the series, series of books. One of them is Tale as Old as Time, which is a take on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and let's one, mention right now, this is not canon. It is not canon. But in this one, it does say... Yes, he was 11 when he was cursed, and there's reasoning behind this, and it's coming up on his 10th year, and his portrait ages in real time to show him what he would be if he wasn't cursed. And that explains this kind of plot hole. What it wouldn't explain is why he's depicted as so big in the beginning of the movie. But I like that interpretation the best. I don't. I don't like... Wow. First of all, I don't like the idea that an 11-year-old would be punished for not letting a stranger okay, in. Okay, read the book. Second of all... But even then. Um, I think it makes a lot more sense. Like, this castle is enchanted. Okay, a part of the enchantment could very well be that the time, like, time stood still. They stopped aging. That ship is stuck as, like, a five-year-old for a million years. Okay, you think Mrs. Potts gave birth to a cup? How'd she get pregnant as a teapot? This is the plot hole in the theory that he was turned as a child, is the fact that Chip is, like... He Maybe could he could be a small 10-year-old. That means he was turned as a baby? Yeah. No, like, I don't think... Like, how would, we're going to disagree on this. Yeah, no, I I think time stood still. Like, I'm not... I, do. I don't necessarily buy into the theory that 10 years mean they were turned before. They were... They were, um... That 10 years is before they were turned. Anyway. Uh, or that he was cursed for 21 years. 
but I do believe in the idea that time stood still. Okay. Because well. also it would also ex- like, you know, how do all these villagers just? There's an answer forget. in the book. Read the book. Read the I book. I will at some point, but I wouldn't take that as an I actual don't think it, answer because I don't think it's, it's canon, non-canon. But I agree. It's I someone agree who just idea. decided. I agree with the idea. I think the fact that Disney themselves took out the specification about how many years in the Be Our Guest song is basically them saying, yeah, that didn't really make sense. There, we're not going to set an <laughs> amount of time to this curse. <laughs> Because he was not a child when he was turned. Okay, well, as we've said, you know what, guys? On our Facebook page, on our Instagram, somewhere, tell us what you think is the truth. Was the beast cursed as a child, or is the ten years a goof? Marie is ten years is a goof. I am the beast was cursed as a child. I'm not even necessarily saying ten years is a goof. Uh, it could very well have been 10 years since they were cursed. I'm just saying that 10 years, nobody aged in the castle. Because I, I think the reason they took it out isn't so much to say, well, we messed then up the Then how do we get years. to his 21st birthday? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, while you try and figure that out. Okay, well then the a- 10 years is a goof. Okay, Marie is full, 10 years is a goof, I am full, uh, the beast was cursed as a child, and Chip is just a small child that was a small he baby. He was a baby, like yes. he was a toddler yes. at most. Yes. So, next hot take. Okay, so my question is, why does Mrs. Potts say to Chip, into the cupboard with your brothers and sisters, and there's just a ton of teacups, like a ton of teacups, but they don't have faces, and Marie and I decided yesterday when watching, if an object doesn't have a face, that means that object was not a person before. It It was was just just an object. object that became enchanted, yes. So, is Chip to believe all these teacups? Has she just been lying and saying these are your brothers and sisters, even though they don't have faces and can't talk to him? Like, I don't under... I don't... Why? And then he turns back into a child, and he's like, ooh, I'm going to go find my siblings. Yes. And it's like... There's no sibling. I lied to you. Yeah. For 10 years, I've been lying. I don't know that she means necessarily, like, brothers and sisters in the literal sense. Maybe it's just like, these are your brethren's. The other cups. (laughs) The other cups. Let's accept your life as a teacup. I mean, he kind of has to. Like, it's been... It's been a while, and they don't have much time, and this girl comes along. And as I've said earlier, this entire movie takes takes place over maybe a week. Do we know that for sure? We don't. I mean, okay, the the timeline timeline is fuzzy. The part... Okay, from the... Maybe not the... Close. From the moment she gets to the castle up until she runs away into the woods, this is one day. Yeah, this is great. Timing is Also, it's winter at that point. Like, okay, this is the thing, too. It's not winter in the village when she leaves, but when she gets... Maybe the traveling takes a while. Maybe. But even then, the villagers, they get there pretty fast, so I don't I know. don't... It's... And she wears so many different I- outfits yeah, in the Something There song. The timing... Well, she only wears two outfits. 
And not, not even. She wears the pink dress the entire time and something there. And she wears three dresses throughout the entire movie, with the exception of the ball gown. She wears her pink dress throughout the entire Something There song. It's just at some point she's wearing cape because she's outside. Right. She's got her green dress. Green dress is the library scene. Right. Listen, it just seems like there's a lot of time passing. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's a very long time. It might be more than a week. But the point is, it's less than a year until the curse is over at that point. Like, it's right, so we don't months. Know. We don't know, and I don't know why she would tell him that these because are his brothers she's and like, sisters. like, get used to it. Get used to it. You're a teacup forever, and, uh, I don't know, you're gonna stay a teacup forever. Well, yeah. What a pessimist. I don't like this. I don't- it's not a pessimistic <laughs> point of view, as I said, at this point, we're, like, we are also led to believe that she is the first person pretty much to set foot in the castle except her dad in those 10 years because he doesn't go out well people would kill him well yeah (laughs) he's got a good reason we're not arguing his reason here. no but i'm just saying like it's not like they've had a lot of chances okay so it's more of a I don't think it's a pessimistic way of seeing thing it's more of a like i accept my fate okay well I don't... I want answers. <laughs> You're not going to get them. I want answers. This is all Excuse speculation. Excuse me, Bob and... Iger, please answer. He wasn't involved, and you want to trust him? I want him to track down the people. I want him to read the notes from the original. <laughs> get into those archives and tell me what I need to know, Bob. <sighs> Let's... I have... Do you have more hot takes yeah please continue uh her dad not that great at times like he's okay fine he's quirky stop blaming the horse for your shortcomings (laughs) marie gets so mad every time yeah like this is the creepy where you're like oh no no i know where i'm going this is a shortcut and obviously you don't know where you're going She's so and then they get to the point, and he's like, "Where have you taken us, Philippe?" And it's like he took you where you tell them to take you. <laughs> Don't be a jerk to the horse. Really, that's true. He should be nicer to Philippe. He really should. Philippe's a good horse, by all accounts. Yeah. Is you know, one of the MVPs of this movie. Okay, we're, we're at a different place. Yeah. What we haven't talked a lot about... Villains? Mr. Gaston himself, who has a whole song devoted to himself. <laughs> You're gonna go over the eggs. The eggs! The eggs! Why? How does he eat five dozen eggs every morning? How long does breakfast take him? Where does he find the space? How does he eat them? Does he just... Marie said maybe he just gulps them back raw. He would have salmonella by now. What is... Are they fried? What are they... What? How does he eat so many eggs every day? That's what I want to know. So how does he afford those eggs? Does he have chicken? I mean, Maybe. I guess, but... They kind of live in a town where you could have chickens. Yeah, he seems more like the kind of guy that would steal eggs from other people's chickens, but... 
He seems kind of like the guy that would go to everyone and say, "Excuse me, I need I'm eggs." I'm Gaston. And they would, and they would just give him the eggs. Yeah, because the entire town is in love with Gaston. Everybody loves Gaston. Let and me it's tell like, you about ooh, Gaston. And why? First of all, he's not even that good looking. He's not. Second of all, he's like. <laughs> He's a jerk. Yeah, like, does no? How, why does nobody realize that he's a jerk? That he's a conceited, like... I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I'm giving Gaston a villain rating. Oh, we're already there? I, I am tying it in. A nine. What? Listen here. Let's go over all the evil things about Gaston. Number one. Don't I deserve the best? Don't I deserve Belle because I'm good looking? Okay, first of all, that's the kind of problematic he, in today, would be featured on one of my murder podcasts as stalking Belle and then when she says no, murdering her. Because he views her as an object that is his by right because of who he is because she's pretty. And because she's pretty she should give him five children and some dogs. Six or seven. At least five. And some dogs. He is so... He is everyday evil. The kind of evil that when you talk about Harry Potter, Umbridge versus Voldemort, this idea of somebody who you can relate to somebody in real life, and that makes them seem even more despicable. Yeah. And Gaston is despicable in that way, that I deserve... A beautiful girl because I'm and he does and he's supported by his whole town which is crazy that the whole town he's like <clears throat> uh yes I'm going to marry Belle today everyone is invited to the wedding and they all come and bring a cake and they all they're all like yes of course you're going to marry Belle you deserve her then when she says no he says you know what I'll do I'll throw her father into a mental institution so that she will, I will blackmail her into marrying me by having her father taken to the asylum, which you know asylums back in those days, people just going to be, like, tortured. This is real evilness. This is evil in the totable, totally believable, totally... This is somebody that could exist out there today, blackmailing somebody into a relationship, stalking somebody, viewing people as property that they deserve. This is evil. This is, he's a nine. He is. It's evil out of a fairy tale context, I guess. Like, it is you can't realistic really compare evil. him to the evil queen or like. Ursula or yeah it is everyday evil there's all this magic and the villain is not magical he is an entitled jerk who is willing to lie who is willing to blackmail who has such a sense of entitlement that he should have the most beautiful girl in town even though there are shown to be tons of girls who are totally into him. He brushes them off because he deserves 
somebody who is not interested in him. And if she, he can't get her to be interested in him in the normal ways, then I will blackmail and I will throw your father into an asylum and uh, I will get what I deserve. And that's the kind of sociopathic evil that I listen to in true crime podcasts all the time. You know what's another pointer to his evilness? If you'll notice during the Gaston song, when he's doing the spitting, like it pans over some of his uh, hunting trophies, one of them is a frog. What kind of weird person who is not a psychopath just goes out into the wild, sees a frog, and is like, ah, yes, I would like that head mounted on my wall. Yes, also, the lines, you know, they'll shoot from behind. Yeah. Yeah. He is just... Okay, you make very good points as to his evilness, but because I'm stubborn... (laughs) I'm going to give him an 8.9. And you're like, I can't give him that 9. 8.9 is my villain ranking for this movie. Yes, and why do you think he's evil? Well, you've already outlined all the reason. What more do I have to say? Also, he does, like, straight up murder or try to murder the beast. Yeah. Because he's like, this is an animal. Even though he showed him mercy. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna take none of that. I'm gonna kill ya. Yep. And then falls to his death. The most evil way to die. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. So, let's go into movie ranking then. We watchability first. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I we, thought rewatchability was after. No, we always keep the overall ranking okay. for the end. Rewatchability. I could watch Beauty and the Beast every day and not be tired of it. I could watch it probably for a year straight. And then maybe I would say, maybe I should watch this like once every two weeks instead. But I could legitimately. Oh, you go straight from every day to every other week? Yeah, because That's then... not an easy turn, but I guess you've just spent 365 days in a row. <laughs> Watching it. So, yeah, I think probably at that time, uh, at that point, I could do it. But, yes, I could rewatch this movie every day. Yeah, I would probably do Straight Off the Bat every other week. Yeah, it's a great movie. It is a good movie. It's a yeah. great movie. So, what's your ranking, then? What's your ranking? You have such strong opinions. I have amazing opinions. This movie is a 10 out of 10 for me. Beauty and the Beast hits all the notes. It's got magic. It's got romance. It's got a realistic evil villain. It's got bangers. It's got soulful music at the end. It's got the first Disney princess with brown brown hair and hazel eyes. She has brown eyes, not hazel eyes. No, they're hazel. Hazel has to have some green in it. No, they were. That's one of the five that I read. They were supposed to be gray, but they made them hazel instead. They, okay, we're gonna argue about what hazel means. But hazel means brown and green. Some people take it to mean light brown, but they're wrong. That's just brown. At me. <laughs> but yeah, I was I just did, trying to liken her to you. But okay, there are. Throw wonder, it out. I wonder if I have any pictures of me dressed up as Belle as a child because I did dress up as Belle for Halloween. 
uh, I'll have to ask. I don't know that I have any. Maybe I'll ask my mom uh, if she has any pictures of me as Belle. But yes, I love, I related to Belle very much as a child because I too liked books and I just wanted adventure in the great wide somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I wanted to fall in love with somebody. Probably not a beast, but you know. I wanted somebody to love me for me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad this movie spoke to you so much. It did. It does. I would give it. I would give it a solid nine. Good. We our marriage is secure. <laughs> what if I had gone even one point below nine? That would have been it. If you had gone one point below nine, I would have had to make a whole presentation about how wrong you were and then just laid it out. What if I had given an 8.5? If you had given it an 8.5, I would have said, search your soul. (laughs) Woman up and just go to the nine. Exactly. All right. Well, that means next week we're back on to the regular order. The regular order. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call it chronological. Yes, chronological, and I have no idea what it is, so we're going to find out all together next week. Well, and, next week, tune um, in. We will, uh, we did mention last week, third week right. is listener's choice, and Amber was like, we got to post those polls right now. We did not, because you cannot fourth, have a Fourth week, week is listener week. Right. Uh, also, you cannot have a three-week poll going okay, on well, Twitter. So, how long can you have a... Seven days. Okay. So, so next week or this week, do you want to do the poll? Next week, we'll do the poll. All right. Next week, we'll do the poll for listener's choice. Yes. And that's all I had to add. So, if you have any comments, any questions, any opinions of our own, your own that you want to share, anything at all, you can reach us. Uh, email is magicalstreaming at yahoo.com. Instagram on uh, magical streaming. Twitter is Stream the Magic. Magic. And we have a Facebook page, Magical Streaming. Join us on social media. Share your opinions about the curse. Yes, let us know what do you think about the curse. And we will see if we can find the clip of Human Again. Yes. And there was one more thing I forgot that I said we were going to put up, that you said we should put up. We should put up... A picture of me as Belle. Um, sure. That was not the other thing. I've already forgotten what the other thing is. When we listen back to this, we'll figure it out and we'll yeah, put it Yeah, we'll up post then. it. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today. Until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.